This episode of the Higher Purpose Podcast was brought to you by Navigating North, a five-day virtual summit to help you discover your purpose in business, life, and leadership. Learn more at navigatingnorthsummit.com. All around the world, people are floundering. There's something missing, something more that they just can't grasp. Do you feel it too? Welcome to the Higher Purpose Podcast. Every week, host Kevin Monroe will help you navigate to your true north and flourish in faith, business, and life. You found us for a reason. Stay tuned to find out why. Hey, it's Kevin Monroe, and I want to welcome you to episode 14 of the Higher Purpose Podcast. Today's a special episode. We're going to do a couple of things different. One, I'm going to be the interviewee rather than the interviewer. Today's guest interviewer is Amy Robles. Amy is the smart, ambitious woman's personal guide to leveling up her life, growing her ideal business, and keeping her family first. Amy's the host of the Think Enriched podcast, and she's a personal friend of mine. Met her through our mutual friend, Mike Kim. And Amy's coming to talk to me about the Navigating North Summit. Five days of discovering your purpose for business and life, October 30th through November 3rd. So now let's listen in as Amy interviews me. Oh my word, what an absolute honor. And just the chills I got when I I saw the invitation and to be part of this amazing summit. Kevin Monroe, thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, well, thank you, Amy. And and it's a pleasure for me to flip seats and have you interview me. I'm, I'm excited. When I was thinking, who did I want to do this? Seriously, Amy, you were top of the list. Wow. <laughs> thank you very much. Sure. Uh, talking about the Navigating North Summit, this is such a massive project to pull everyone together, get all the pieces and parts going. I want to break it down, but first, I just the first question that just keeps coming to my mind is Navigating North Summit. What a cool name. Where does that come from? Well, the, thanks for asking that. And let me just go back to, to the way you phrased the question, Amy. Had I known how much work it was, I'm not sure we'd be doing Navigating <laughs> North Summit. That's one of the things, you know, you you just get into these projects and you're like, oh, this will be fun. And one of the things I realized that I say is now a myth, um, and I did, I think it's this project that may have helped me realize that, the myth. Find something you love and you'll never work a day in your life. That is a lie, people. (laughs) Crazy to pull this off. And it is a lot of work. But the point is, when you find something you love, it doesn't always seem like work, you know, and and the menial stuff. So when we first started this project, the the official name of the summit was the Higher Purpose Summit, Mm. because it's really about helping people find higher purpose for life and leadership. But somewhere along the way, uh, and and it was these two words just dropped into my mind, heart, wherever stuff drops. I don't know. Maybe somebody can help us figure that out. You know, where does it drop? But I just heard these words, navigating north. And the moment I heard them, I wasn't sure that they would work for this. But the moment I heard them, I realized that's how I've lived my life, Amy, is this navigating north. I cannot tell you that I've always had a sense of X marks the spot and that spot 
somewhere distant in time or distant down the road is where I'm heading. But the whole idea of navigating north, and Bill George wrote the book, True North, you know, about your vision, your values, what's important, that North Star. So that's the, where the name takes us. But what's north for you may be a little bit different of what's north for me. Mm. But we all have some sense of that true north for us. And navigating is that process. So the other part to navigating north is when I've gotten off track, I don't have to backtrack. What I do is from where I'm at, I just navigate north. What's the, what's the next right step to get me closer going north? So that's mm. the idea. Excellent. Excellent. I love how on the website you see the title, Knowing Navigating North. And then the first three words that popped out to me were, you are wired for purpose. What does that mean? Wow. Okay. First off, I'm glad that is what popped to you. Um, so, Amy, I'm one of these people that I, I truly believe this, that every person on the planet is wired in their DNA, in your heart of hearts, in your soul. You are wired for purpose. You are not an accident. No one listening at this moment. You, you know, when, when you say you, well, you're, you're talking to everybody but me. No, you are not an accident. You are wired, wired, hardwired for purpose. You are designed for purpose. You are, it's not just random. And the moment we find out that purpose or, or we begin discovering the purpose or getting on the path to purpose, you know, again, it's not X marks the spot, but just pursuing that, life changes. Hmm. So I know there's somebody listening thinking, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I just haven't found my purpose. What do I do? Wow. Um, well, dial in to Navigating North, five days, October right. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about that. So one, I think there are misconceptions of what it means to find our purpose, you know, and and for me, um, I really did growing up, uh, and I grew up in a, in a, um, a church attending faith-based culture. So finding purpose was how I first heard that referred was finding God's will. You know, it wasn't just purpose, it was God's will. And Amy, I was, and and I don't want to say anybody ever used these words, but my understanding as an adolescent, as a teenager, that my purpose or God's will for my life was about the size of a pinhole in the whole universe. And unless I could figure that out exactly. Where is that pinhole in the universe that I was actually paralyzed to do anything? Because for me, it was kind of like this. I had to know the the ultimate destination and turn by turn steps of how to get there before I'd ever get in the car and back out of the garage. Now, maybe you listening, you've got that much clarity on life. I've never had that much clarity on life. So finding purpose really is about knowing what matters most to you. And, and, and that so that's a priority conversation. That's a values conversation. And, and that's just really philosophical. What, what, what's most important to you? At the end of your life, what do you want people to be 
remembering you for? And when they're talking about you, what, what's the gist of the conversation? So all of that is, is this purpose. It's not, I, I think so many people, to say a little more, I think so many people think it's vocation. We're, when we talk about person, oh, you're talking about what job do I do? Well, maybe, maybe not. It's bigger than job. Job's a part of it, but job's not all of it. Mm, wow. Gives me chills. Just hearing you talk and understanding and your your excitement and your passion for this. Ever since I've known you, Kevin, you have been so, so positive mm. and so upbeat and just pulling people with you. It seems like you are on the train and people better jump on because they're moving forward, right? Mm. I love that about you. But I've heard you say that you have not always been a super positive person. <laughs> Can you tell me about that? Wow. Uh, sure. Um, well, first off, thanks for saying that, Amy. You know, years ago, I showed up at a client project and it was like 730 in the morning. And I remember uh, the lady to this day. Um, she led a nonprofit organization. I was going to do a day of board development with their team. And, and we both drove up to the, the meeting venue at about the same time. And I got out and she said, how are you today? I said, I'm awesome. She goes, I have the feeling you always are. And I'm like, <laughs> well, we get to choose, right? I mean, I can't choose everything about life, but I can choose my attitude. I can't choose what happens to me, but I can choose how I respond. And why not make it great? So for me, that's just some disposition that I have now, but I didn't always have that. You know, when you, when you ask that, I go way back. Um, and I go back to my, my teenage years, and they were dark and lonely. And I was, I was very much a loner then. Um, now I understand that more of being just an introvert and, and you know, it's kind of funny because people are going to look at me and go, you an introvert? No, you're an extrovert. Cause no, I, I, can, I love being around people, but I have to have that time alone every day to, to really energize, connect with my true North, what's important to me. And, and I have that extensive morning routine to do that, but that's what charges me throughout the day. There were some really dark moments. And, and you know what's kind of funny? As we're sitting here talking, I look over at something in my office, and it's still there. And I can tell you, Amy, that as recent, <laughs> as, recent as May of last year, uh, March, April, May, was a very dark time. Um, and things weren't so the last two years had had some dark times. But, but then I'll even go further back and say, um, 2002 was one of the darkest periods of my life where I really, for the first time, and I, and I didn't go to a therapist. Had I gone to a therapist, I know I would have been diagnosed as clinically depressed. So I, I've known the dark sides. What, what was the, the piece that helped you pull you out of that? Well, okay. You didn't ask this, but I will provide a little more backstory because I believe the backstory is important. 2001, um, well, let's say mid-2000, I landed what had been my dream job in a 10-year career in the uh, wireless telephone world. I worked for Bell South, what's now would be called AT&T. And I had worked 10 years to get to the dream job, got the dream job. Five months later, I realized it wasn't my dream job. And, you know, it was one of those uh, statements that I've heard, not original to me, but you're climbing a ladder and you realize it's 
leaning against the wrong building. So that's where I was. Made a leap. 2001, February, January 31st, 2001 was my last day in the wireless telephone world. Started in a high-tech startup with some friends. And none of us knew that the bubble was about to burst. You know, that was the, the closing months of the internet bubble. And, and so um, the, the way I describe it for people, in, in January 31st, uh, 2001, uh, my wife, Gwen, and I were in the best position of 20 years of marriage. And, and, you know, to contextualize that for people, that didn't mean we were living on easy street. It meant we had uh, no credit card debt except for uh, the only debt we had was our house. And we had a little bit of money in the bank. And I don't mean hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, a, a few thousand dollars. Um, so it wasn't big money. Started a job with a high tech company. I got paid twice in the next nine months uh, because we were in that startup mode. And then we lost funding. And then September 11th, 2001 happened that, you know, crashed a lot of people's world. And, and many, many people lost way more than we lost. But we ended up losing a job. In the next few months, I, that's when I was depressed and just could not find my way out of that, couldn't find a job uh, that was paying anything what I used to make. And, and, you know, nine months later, January 2001, we're in the best position of uh, 20 years of marriage. Nine months later, we're in the worst position. $50,000 of unpaid wages, $25,000 credit card debt, trying to stay afloat, no job, nothing to pay. And, and so in the months that preceded that, so early 2002, I was depressed. And I remember uh, sometime later, it wasn't then, but it was sometime later. So I just, I, I struggled for months, six, eight months. Well, no, I do remember. Yeah, let's go forward. It was a couple of years later. So I, 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 I don't want to say I was depressed for two years, but I was struggling for two years. And um, my, my wife and kids went off for a trip. They were going off for a school trip. And I said, you know, I'm going to go to bed seven o'clock every night and just try to feel better. I was going to join them on Friday. Well, I did something out of a faith tradition. I started a fast. I said, my wife and kids are going to be gone. I'm just not going to eat this week because I don't feel that good. And, and that time I actually did, I, it, rather than going to bed at night, didn't watch TV. I spent time reading, journaling, and praying. And Amy, I stayed up till two and three every morning. Rather than going to bed at seven, I was staying up till two and three. And I discovered that I was burnt out, not... Uh, physically tired. It wasn't that I was sick just physically. You know, it was an emotional thing that was going on. I was burnt out. So about that time, a friend invited us to a church service one Sunday. I'd never been to this church before. It was a vineyard church, if folks know vineyard. Vineyards were started by John Wimber, and John Wimber's been dead for years. But the, the pastor that day said, John Wimber spelled faith, R-I-S-K. And for some of you sitting here, the greatest risk you will take is to take no risk at all. Well, Amy, the moment I knew those, heard those words, I knew he was talking to me. And I knew that I had shut down and just figured that I had lost my chance. That startup company was the only chance at entrepreneurship I had. We blew it. It's over. Game over. You know, just struggle to survive the rest of your life. But somehow something began to shift. And, and that was the turning point. Oh, that's incredible. And that's, and from there, then you started your own thing moving forward, correct? Yes. Yeah. So that was about the same time that my wife and kids went on this trip. I don't, at this point, I don't remember which came first, the trip or that, that 
Sunday sermon. Well, you know, I pretty much say it had to be that sermon because that week I was thinking differently. And and I started writing a business plan in April of 2005, was writing a business plan. Had no idea how to launch or fund the business plan, but April 19th, 2005, formed paperwork and started a business. And then um, August, the end of August 2005, had a project came along that allowed me to fund that business and go work full-time, September 16th, 2005, I started business full-time. And so just a couple, last month, celebrated 12 years of full-time self-employment. Oh, that's incredible. Wow. What an inspirational story just to put all of this in perspective of where you come from. And and as you're offering this summit to so many people, someone's thinking, well, okay, that's a wonderful story. And I love how you said this is about finding your own purpose. Why should that person listening, why should he or she join the Navigating North Summit? Well, several reasons. One, because as you said, you're wired for purpose. You are meant for more. If, if there's anything that you're hearing in this podcast, anything when you look at the website that just resonates with you, that means this is for you, that you're finding your people here. Uh, secondly, something I, I'm just so adamant about, Amy, is that we can't do purpose in isolation. We, we thrive in community. We die in isolation. And for folks that just think, well, I'll just figure this out on my own. No, you won't. You won't. You, you will con- you, you'll continue to get what you've always gotten when you just go it alone. But to find people, and, and this is what I love, and, and one of the things I've seen, is that purpose brings together people from all over the planet. People around the world are hungering for purpose. It looks different, but it's a universal concept. You know, and I don't mean to wax uh, theological here, but if you want to find the root, uh, Solomon wrote these verses years ago, God set eternity in the hearts of men. To me, the quest for purpose is the response to God putting eternity in our hearts. And that's how we respond. It's our search for that expression of eternity that God initiated in each of us. Wow. I'm just taking notes vigorously. And this is a little different. Some people have never participated in a summit format. What makes this a summit? Okay, so um, I'll answer that question. What makes this a summit? The the summit, and we're doing things different than some summits, but, but the summit is the opportunity to pull together leading experts from around the world in one place, virtually, okay, you, you do not have to leave home to attend this summit, but to, to bring together, and we're calling them conversations. We did not want to call them speakers. This is not a come and just sit and listen, but this is come to a conversation. The conversation is uh, me sitting down with uh, 15 guests, featured conversations from literally around the world, and drawing out their story of purpose and what they've learned about purpose in business life and help you ex, uh, apply that to your life, to your situation. So we're talking about different facets, facets of purpose in business, purpose in life, understanding what it means to have a purpose, gifts, callings, and abilities, uh, discovering your gift, you know, making that journey. All of those things are facets of this. So there, there are these opportunities to have to listen into those conversations. 
But we didn't want it to just be that isolation thing. So two elements that we're putting on top of that are a, a daily panel discussion. So each day of the summit, there is a live panel. Now, I've had people ask me, is doing a live panel a good idea? My answer is, I don't know. We'll tell you after we do it. Um, <laughs> but, but we believe it's important to actually have people allow, allow people to interact with information real time. You have a question, come ask your question. You want to hear people do a deeper dive on the featured conversations, come listen to a deeper dive. And, and the, the panels are going to be more application-oriented than, than information-oriented. And then we're inviting people to community. We cannot force people to community, but we're making community available. Um, we're still looking at maybe just a Facebook community. We got to wrap that up decision up. Uh, we're, we're recording this three weeks in advance. We're making that decision this week, uh, uh, but it may be a Facebook group, but somehow where you can actually meet the other participants who are joining the summit sit down in conversation with them online and stay connected with them after the five days of the summit. Mm. Kevin, I got chills. I, I've talked to my husband over and over about this is part of being home and being the heart of the home is you drop your children off at school, you go through and then you come home and you take care of what you need to take care of. Then you go and you pick up and you're in the car and you do my daily routine that I find myself in isolation yeah. a lot. Yeah. And so having that additional opportunity to check in and have that connection, wow, what power that brings. Well, thank you. We believe it's powerful. And, and it's just my experience, Amy, that, that teaches me this, not just mine, but others. Uh, this morning, uh, did an interview uh, with Kate from the UK who hosts Kitty Talks. And she was talking, they have a community around that. And and we we get to talking about the, the power of community for the pursuit of purpose. Uh, and even as we've planned and, and are implementing this summit, you know, were it not for a team, this summit would not be happening because I do not have the gifts, talents, and abilities to pull this off. Uh, I can I can get on a uh, get on a call or a microphone and talk to people all day long, but processing the recording after it's over, uh, that's not my gift, talent, or ability. Uh, and so, you know, having a team, even that, and and we just have such a great team. So we're watching the whole power of community in how we generate the summit, how we produce the summit. And just know that when people connect with other people and they find like, okay, th this is really important. I have to say this. Uh, what you just said, what I've said, you know, there's so many people that think, and this is the lie. This is one of the lies we, oh, you're the only one experiencing that. You're the only one, Amy, that has that experience of loneliness. You're the only one. And when we feel like that, that, that forces us to stay in isolation longer because nobody else understands. Nobody else is going through this. Bull crap. You know, if you're experiencing it, there are other people who have experienced it. And when you connect with people who are experiencing the same things you're experiencing and getting through it, you find hope and you give hope. And, and, and so that's so important to us that there be this community connection because community does allow people, purpose thrives in community. Mm. Wow, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs>
Love it. So you mentioned Kate from the UK is going to be there. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got an all-star lineup. Can you tell me a little bit more about those who's joining us? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it is an amazing lineup. And, and you know what's even more fun, and, and, and we don't go into this, but there's some of the stories behind how some of these people got here. I, I see um, three people, at least, no, four, um, four or five of the featured conversations that are on this summit because it started in a 140-character exchange on Twitter. That's how a lot of these relationships started. Uh, Todd Henry, I was reading his book, The Accidental Creative, and I start engaging in a conversation with Todd Henry about the book. Todd responds. We've connected on on Twitter. Uh, So then when I go to invite him, I said, hey, it's an email that says, hey, Todd, we connected on Twitter. You know, remember me. Bernadette Jiwa, same thing. She lives in Australia. She has written four of the best books on marketing. No, five. She now has a fifth out and a sixth one coming on marketing. When when I started reading her books, I went back through my Twitter account and I found that I was on page two and I said, oh my gosh, you know, within five minutes of opening a book, I found a kindred soul. I read four of her books in four days. I've never done that with anyone else. Uh, and I'm just tweeting like crazy. So I, I emailed Bernadette and I said, hey, uh, maybe you remember me. I remember you. Of course I remember you. You know, we had started these conversations. So that's how a lot of these people got here. Tom Winninger, almost five years ago to the date, I sat in a meeting with him in Atlanta, Georgia. And Tom, I went back. I thought this was his whole presentation, Amy. I went back and I saw, read my notes that actually what impacted me most was the subpoint of a point. He's now written a book around that whole subpoint. Your your um, true DNA, DNA being your divine natural attribute around gift. But Tom made a comment, and the comment was around gifting. That which you're gifted to do, you don't even understand. You can't deconstruct it and teach it to someone else. You can't explain it. You just do it because it comes naturally. Well, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, no one has ever helped me understanding gift, understand gifting like that. And then we build on that and you understand that that part of the problem, if if you don't, if it comes so easily, you also undervalue your gift because you think everybody else can do what you do so uniquely and, and you know, one of a kind. So there's Tom Winninger talking about that. There's um, Bernadette, uh, the story of telling. There's Todd Henry. Uh, and, and then some of the team, oh, and then just last week, uh, Kate or Kitty, as she goes by, um, I was, I just went on Twitter and did a Twitter search. Th- this one I love. And I just, I hashtagged purpose, hashtag podcast on Twitter and Kitty Talks was the number one entry. So I reach out on Twitter and start a conversation with Kate just to get to know her. I was looking for somebody to go on a podcast and talk about the summit just to promote the summit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Kate, we had somebody drop out. We need you as a conversation. She's on her honeymoon and responds to a tweet <laughs> and says, we got to talk. And so, you know, we, we connected as she got back from honeymoon and we, we interviewed her this morning for the summit. So there are folks like that. And then there's Marshall Goldsmith. The story behind Marshall Goldsmith goes back to another um, featured conversation, which is how you and I met Mike Kim. Uh, you and I met years ago through Mike, but we 
together in person in August. And at that meeting, Mike issued a challenge at the end of one day. Maybe you remember. Homework. Contact 10 people. Well, I, I picked five people at the, that were in the room, five people that were out of the room. And, and the question I asked was, who do you know? We're, we're planning this summit. Here's the topic. Who do you know that we should invite as a guest? Um, and one of the folks in the room at, at Influence and Impact said, Marshall Goldsmith. And I'm like, yeah, Marshall, Go- how do you get in touch? He's easier to get, you know. And, and so I found a mutual connection that I knew, reached out to Marshall Goldsmith. And, and because of purpose, he responded. Uh, Craig Juntanen uh, is someone the team brought. Oh, my gosh, this guy, he, he has an incredible story. He retired at 43. Now, almost 20 years later, they've adopted three children from Haiti. He is working to change how international adoptions are done and get it done in eight months for a fourth of the cost of what it costs now. Both ends burning. An amazing story. And and his insight is, now I understand what a misguided notion retiring at 40 was all about. Mm. Uh, and then there are other folks. Uh, Zach Mercurio is another guy I met on Twitter. Uh, Dr. Rhonda, Rhonda Kelbeck is from the Halftime Institute. Halftime Institute, Bob Buford, years ago, wrote a book, Halftime, Transforming from Success to Significance. Uh, we reached out to Bob. Bob's no longer doing events, but his team is a part of this. Mark Tim, the CEO of Ziegler Family taking the, the principles and practices that Zig Ziglar taught around the world for years and applying it to the world of family. Uh, Sanford Coggins, Javana uh, Ellison, Katie McNerney, um, and Dima Gawi. I think that's everybody that we've got at this point. We've, we've got uh, one more slot that will be filled by the end of day today, tomorrow. We've got three invitations out for the one slot, and then we're going to figure out, you know, if all three respond, we'll have to, to deal with that. Amazing. Wow. That's each one of those stories, like I have a lot of questions about them. Like I can't wait to jump in, you know, well, that's, <laughs> that's when, you know, uh, we, there, I think what I really love is just hearing about from this summit that once there is a little bit of income built into this profits and proceeds, you have a plan to do something with that. It's a little different. Tell me about that. Okay. So, yeah, when we were looking at the summit, a summit on purpose, and and I've participated in a lot of summits. So here's what I saw that was, I don't want to say wrong with summits, but wrong for us to do with a summit. So I'm, I'm not making a judgment for how other people conduct their summit. I'm responsible for how we lead ours. So some folks, the, the, the summits, you know, often they package the recordings and sell them. That That's kind of, you know... And one of the things in many summits is the design to intentionally overwhelm, go for 10 days, 12 days, five speakers a day. So there are 50 speakers in the summit, 60 speakers in the summit, 30 speakers in the summit. There's no way you can consume the content. So it's just this overwhelm by design with the the kind of the fault. I don't mean to be airing anybody's dirty little secret, but one of the dirty little secrets is, hey, if if we make it impossible for you to consume the content, then you'll be manipulated to buy the content. Mm-hmm. I look at that, Amy, and I go, that's wrong. It is. Why not make the content so valuable that people would want it just for its impact for them? So that's the approach we took. And then we said, rather than recruiting a network of affiliates, and, and, and I'm, again, I'm not against affiliate marketing. Um, 
I've participated in affiliate marketing when I believe in the person and the product. But affiliates is paying people a commission for a, a por- portion of the proceeds of you know the package from the, the summit for getting their audience to attend. And I'm like, no, there's something for me inherently wrong with that. We don't want people promoting purpose just to make a buck. We want people partnering for purpose because they believe the world's a better place when we have more people pursuing purpose. So we said, what if we took that money that we would pay affiliates and give it away to philanthropy? And so that's the commitment. We're going to give 30% of the sales of the product from the summit to charity. Mm, That's fantastic. And how refreshing. Well, thank you. Yes. Have you chosen a charity or is it different well, ones? Actually, we're going to let our partners help vote on the charities. But as the summits come together, all of a sudden we realize we have some nonprofits represented in the uh, featured conversations. Oh, that's remarkable. So, wow. And then, of course, there are a couple of others, things that are you know just near and dear to the heart and uh, around foster care or family issues or you know also uh, help with some of the disaster relief that has been such an impact in what our a year it's been yeah so that's wow, what we do that is really exciting what a wonderful thank full, you We're yeah I, I i really appreciate how you've looked at it completely through the entire process mm-hmm. to make and reflect the purpose and moving forward navigating north mm-hmm. in every step of the process Amazing. Well, I want to throw out one more. And, yes. and there's a bit of an accountability here. So and when we say this, because with our team, we've also talked about, you know, when, when you watch, you know, sometimes in, in, in some of these launches, the number of emails just become overwhelming uh, as you get closer. And, and we said, OK, we want to set a bar for ourselves that in every email we send related to the summit, that we never send an email that's just self-promotional only or, or uh, summit promotional only. We want to make sure that there's something that encourages, something that inspires. So I'm telling you, if you're listening, hopefully you, if you're in our list now, first off, we're dialing back the number of emails that we're sending from what we've seen others. But if you receive an email and you don't believe that it's inspired or encouraged, we want to hear from you because that's a standard we're holding ourselves to. I mean, we've talked about it as a team. We want to make sure that everything we communicate inspires and encourages in some way. Mm. Wow, that's marvelous. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, one, one more thing before we wrap this up that's just been going through my mind. Kevin, you have a podcast episode talking about the seven people you meet on your path to purpose. Yeah. Can you just give us the highlights on that? Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, and at the same time, when I do that, I've got to give a shout out to someone because there is a person that issued me a challenge that led to the writing of that blog post. And that was Michael Hudson. Mm. Michael's a dear friend of mine. You know him as well. And he's wonderful. Ago, Michael said, you know, Kevin, I believe you could write something that's a little more fictional based rather than, and I'm like, okay. And so I took the challenge up. He issued that on a Tuesday or Wednesday. And on Thursday, I wrote this uh, about the seven people. And so um, it, it's really kind of inspired in a uh, John Bunyan Pilgrim's Progress kind of way. You know, thinking about the journey and thinking about the people we meet. So I didn't give the people's 
people names, but I started thinking about these roles people play. So on the, the pathway to purpose, the first person I believe we all meet is someone, the awakener, someone that awakens us to the reality that there is purpose in life. You have a purpose and, and you have meaning and value. You have a contribution to make. So that's the awakener. And so when you look at the folks that are featured conversations or panelists in Navigating North, they are all awakeners. These are people that have the that they have the history of awakening, calling people out. And I love something that came out of the conversation with Todd Henry. Uh, he talks about there are real two different approaches. You know, some people seek to provoke. They want to get in your face and, you know, kind of uh, mess with you and, and get you angry. And then there are other people that evoke purpose. They mm. want to draw it out of you. And that really helped me because I understand I am more of an evoker than a provoker. So I, I want to see the best in others and, and call it out of them. So, you know, there's the awakener. Then uh, I'll, I'll go through the others real quickly, not, not make too long, but uh, often we meet a doubter pretty soon after we meet the awakener. The doubter says, well, yeah, everybody else has purpose, but not you, Kevin, or not you, Amy. Um, or, you know, yeah, that could, that could work for them, but not you. you. You got too much baggage. You got all, you know, so the doubter. And then I also recognize that for me and many people that are like me, the, the biggest doubter is the one that lives between our two ears, you know, in our brain, uh, the self-doubter. Well, then hopefully shortly after you meet the, the doubter, you meet an encourager. And I will just tell you, I need as many encouragers in my life as possible. Uh, and, and Amy, you're an encourager to me. I mean, j- just doing this today is a great encouragement. And then there are also heroes, mentors. There are people, and, and heroes are often, I mean, sometimes we have real life heroes, and sometimes these are people that are heroes from afar. We don't really know them, but they have inspired us. Mentors, you can also have a virtual mentor, but the best mentors get up close and personal. They're investing in your life. They're, they're pouring into your life, and they're seeing you're capable of something more than you see yourself capable of. So, you know, they're, they're heroes, mentors. Uh, uh, critics is another bad one we meet, you know, and there, there's the person, uh, you, you've done podcasting for three years. I, I'm sure you've gotten some critics along the way, or you write a blog post and there's one misused word or, or m- misspelled word. And, and, you know, there's somebody that's going to say, well, there you go. You misspelled that. It's, if that's the best you can do, you know, really? And, and so when I think of the critic, I think of uh, Franklin Roosevelt and his man in the arena speech. And, you know, don't listen to the critic in the stand. If they're not down in the arena sweating it, getting bloody, muddy, fighting it out, they have no reason to say anything. You know, the, the, the people are the people in the arena. The people that if they fail, they fail while daring greatly, which is where Brene Brown got the title for her book, Daring Greatly, is out of that speech. So then there's the, the, the um, critic, the encourager. Oh, and then allies. And and the allies are the people, like I'm talking about, the team of people that come along and say, hey, we want to do our part. We want to support you on the journey. How can we help? We got your back. So all of those are people we meet along the way. And I believe that if you join us for Navigating North, you're going to encounter awakeners. I can promise you that. You're going to encounter awakeners. Uh, we're, We're doing our best to uh, dissuade the critics and doubters from showing up, but I'm sure some will get through. Uh, 
but we're really looking to convene heroes, mentors, encouragers, allies, and awakeners as part of the summit. And and that's what I thought was so amazing about this whole process and looking at what you've created here is you have created a way for people to come together and get that community, find the awakeners, connect with others like them, and encourage one another, have a hero and a mentor, someone to learn from, and ultimately have allies as we work on developing and achieving more of our purpose. What an incredible experience. Well, thank you. And I had not connected the dots between the summit and the uh, seven people. So I appreciate you calling that out. Lovely. So for anyone that just is wondering and just hungering for purpose, what is that final thing, the one thing you want them to know? Hmm. You were meant for more. Stop settling for less. Well, that's it. I mean, really, you're meant for more. You are wired for purpose. Take action. You know, the, one of the other things I've learned, Amy, I have sat in contemplation for long enough. Contemplation is important, but nothing, nothing, nothing produces clarity like action. So take a step, get moving forward. It, it join us for navigating north. It's free. The five days of the summit cost you nothing. J- just the investment of yourself, your time. Join us. We would love to have you. We want to be an awakener, an encourager, a hero, a mentor, an ally for you on your journey to purpose. Excellent. Excellent. And on that, thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next session. Hey, Amy, thanks so much for doing me the the pleasure of interviewing me and allowing me to talk about something that I'm so excited about. Navigating North, five days to discovering purpose in life and business. If you're looking for clarity, confidence, and connection around your higher purpose for life and leadership, be sure to join us. Until next time, remember, you were meant for more. Why settle for less? Are you ready for more purpose in work and in life? What if you could learn from personal, intimate conversations with people who are living their lives passionately and purposefully and making a massive impact doing it? For five days, you can. Get more information and your free ticket at NavigatingNorthSummit.com.